Veterans Voice is a show that connects veterans and active members of the military to qualified guests who help you find programs and benefits you qualify for and discuss housing, education, career training, and other topical matters. Every show addresses issues that affect your life. Call in and share your experience. 781-837-4900. Go right through the speakers. Good evening, everybody. Greg Brasso, uh, your host of Veterans Voice Radio here is the... uh, Justin, looks like the skies are going to open up oh, here in man. just a couple of minutes, I, huh? I see that light hitting off that frame there. Yeah. <laughs> we're, at, we're going from uh, being called Marshfield to Thunderfield, I think, right now, huh? Well, if we need a boat, we'll put the call out. We'll, 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 we'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. But uh, uh, we're going to get right into the meat of tonight's show. We certainly are honored to have uh, uh, someone uh, that, that, that really... Uh, is, is has taken charge of of a, a terrific veterans group already in existence in Massachusetts. But tonight's show is Secretary Santiago. Uh, Secretary, thank you so much for taking the, the time out of your busy schedule to come see us. No, thank you for the invitation. It's good to be with you and Justin, who I've met before. As you said, it was a little rainy coming down here, but we're honored to be here and look forward to the conversation today and, and more conversations in the future. Very nice. Well, we we certainly have enough subjects to talk about, uh, but before we get into them, sir, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, and, and why are you here? What are you doing here? Great. Well, as you said, I, I'm the new Secretary of Veterans Services uh, for the Commonwealth, and it's a brand new job. I mean, for many years, this was a department. It was one department, and in s- within the Health and Human Services, that yeah. executive office, right? And so what happened over the past year is that this department was elevated to become its own secretariat. And that came as a result of a lot of things. First of all, the veteran community has been advocating for this for quite a while. They said, listen, we need a seat right next to the governor, yeah. and we want to be there. And they've been advocating it for, for quite a while, for years, actually. Secondly, unfortunately, in the wake of covid and the tragic occurrences that happened in Holyoke and, and Chelsea, there was a need to make sure that the resources, uh, the power, the influence to do something for the veteran community was there. And so this position was elevated. So I've been in this position since March 1st. That's when the legislation took place, and I'm honored to, to be in that position. And a lot of things have happened over the past five months, which I would love to update you, which I'm sure already, we'll talk about. <laughs> already, but, sure. But let me start with a little bit about myself. Yes. Uh, I come at this with a variety of different experiences and a background. I was born in Puerto Rico. We came to the mainland, the states here, when I was one or two. Came to Boston as a young person, grew up in in Roxbury for a number of years in a classic kind of uh, Latino neighborhood. We were there watching my father attempting to graduate college, which he did. It was a rough part of town in a particularly rough era in the late 80s, early 90s, saw a lot of things. A lot of stuff going on in the city back then. Correct. And my parents made the decision to actually move to rural Texas. Wow. Wow, yeah. Not only move, but move, (laughs) really move. move. Yeah, we're talking about... I thought you were going to say went to Rosendale, uh, (laughs) uh, Canton or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Texas. Yeah, so uh, a small community called... So if you're out there listening, Lytton Springs, Texas... Maybe a couple hundred people, one general store, a church out there. So, you know, that experience, urban America, rural America, really impacted my life. And the short story is that my uncle, uh, when I was in Boston, he was infected with HIV, died of AIDS. And that was what really got me interested in, in medicine and healthcare. So I graduated college, decided I want to get involved in healthcare and medicine. And, but I knew I wanted to get some more experiences. So after college, I spent about five years living abroad. I uh, was a Peace Corps volunteer for a number of years, lived in Africa, lived in, in, in Europe as a Fulbright scholar. I said, well, i got to get back to America to start medical school. So I came back to medical school and uh, became a doctor. I work as an emergency medicine doctor. In what Boston. flavor? In, in, in what flavor of doctorism? So I'm an ER doctor. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch. So you're, you're really seeing the... Uh, yeah. Not only uh, that, I work at uh, Boston Medical Center. and You, know, you still do? Yeah, I'll do a shift every once in a while uh, just to kind of keep my feet, uh, you know, 
and, and see what's going on in, in the community because I think what's happening in the emergency department tells you what's happening in the community, right? Yeah. So I worked, I doubled my hours during COVID, was very involved and engaged, but it was those experiences in the ER that taught me a lot about people and about the challenges that we're facing, not just in Boston, but across the Commonwealth. And from that, I decided to run for office. And I, um, I challenged a longtime incumbent for a state representative seat in Boston. I won, served for a couple of terms, and then Maura Healy asked me to serve in this capacity. I'm also a veteran as well. I've been in the reserves for about 10 years. I deployed twice. I just got back from Syria a couple months ago. Thank you for your service, sir. You're very welcome. And so using those different hats, a physician, former legislator, wow. veteran, we're bringing those skills uh, to this new position to support and advocate for our veteran community in, in the Commonwealth. Boy, it's a really you, – you have a multiple set of eyes that, that, you've, that you've already seen that you bring this to this position gives you a lot of interesting experiences to draw from. Absolutely. I think w- each and every day as we face a whole host of problems internally or externally as we try to start up this new organization, because that's effectively what it is. It's a startup, right? You know, we've hired 50 people, almost 50 people in the past, you know, three or four months. Well, in what capacity, sir? Well, we've built out. I mean, when we were a department, you may have had one lawyer. You may have had one communications person, a CFO. But now when you're a whole new secretariat, you have to build out teams of this, a whole team of HR folks, nice, whole nice. team of lawyers, whole team of communication. So it's really building out a whole team, laying that foundation so you can do all the amazing, great things that you have to do. But in addition to being somewhat of a startup, it's somewhat of a turnaround as well. There were some issues that needed to be addressed sure. fundamentally at the homes particularly, yeah. and we're committed to fixing them. Well, and now Chelsea, I know, has been building. That new building has been going on for a while. How is that progressing? We're, we are incredibly excited about what's happening in Chelsea. With the, I mean, just, uh, I'll be honest with you, Greg. As a physician uh, you know, who does health care, when I walk into that building, that is the most magnificent health care-associated building I've ever seen before. Is it? Wow. It, it is amazing. Uh, we'll have to take you out there, oh. take you guys out there. Come check it out. It's also 100% fossil-free as well. Uh, it's geothermal energy, solar. It is an amazing building. And it's not just the, 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 the long-term care center that's being rebuilt, right? As you know, in Chelsea, there is that center, but there's also the domiciliary component, sure. right? And that's going to be redeveloped into veteran housing as well. So nice. a lot of stuff is happening, nice. and I'm hoping uh, at the end of the summer, uh, maybe early fall as well, that we open up that and uh, open up Chelsea and welcome our new veterans in. Wow, wow, that's... Uh that, that, that's great. We hope that uh, that we're invited for the opening as uh, we have uh, just a little crack of thunder in the background. But, Larry, with that, why don't we take our first message before uh, what little here we have uh, stands up straight here, kids. So uh, Larry will take us away here, and uh, we'll be back after these messages. Thank you, guys. We'll be right back. Eligible for TRICARE? It doesn't get better than U.S. Family Health Plan, a terrific TRICARE choice for military families and retirees. You get all the benefits of TRICARE, plus some great extras like chiropractic care and a 24-hour nurse advice line. With U.S. Family Health Plan's large network of civilian physicians and hospitals, it's easy to find a great doctor. It's free for active-duty families, and for military retirees, it's very affordable. Find out more at usfamilyhealth.org or call 1-888-815-5510. That's 1-888-815-5510. MVP's bonus days are back at Lowe's. Find special savings on top brands like DeWalt. Right now, save $60 when you buy a DeWalt impact driver or drill for just $99 each. Plus, MVP's Pro Rewards members will earn three times the bonus points when shopping the Pro Zone. Shop in-store and online today. Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. DeWalt offer about 717 through 82. Bonus points calculated before taxes and fees after applicable discounts of any. Vow through 728. Subject to change. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Did you know one in four car batteries is weak and needs to be replaced? O'Reilly Auto Parts will test your battery for free. If your battery needs to be replaced, our professional parts people can help you find the right super start battery for your vehicle and budget. Don't wait. Get your battery tested for free today at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Hi, it's John Paul, the car doctor. Thinking of buying a new car, selling the car you have, or just trying to get rid of that pesky check engine light? Join me on WATD every Sunday morning at 11. We'll have interesting guests, the latest news from the automotive industry, play a little car trivia, and answer all of your car questions. It all happens each Sunday morning at 11 on 95.9 WATD. Now we're back on. Boy, well, we're coming and going here because of the uh, because of the lightning and the uh, uh, whatever else is going on out there. Larry, do we have a caller out there? Yeah, we got a call. We're, we're streaming, but the transmitter's off. So when you take the call, and I'll work on the transmitter. Oh, uh, whatever you say, sir. Um, whatever you say. You want to put him through? Is it yeah, it's Richard from Pembroke. Richard from Pembroke. Richard, are you out there, sir? Yes, I am. Thank you. How are you making out tonight, Richard? Not too bad in yourself. Very well, thank you. Very well. Thank you for calling in. What's on your mind tonight? My question is, I took a brief survey from the VA. Yeah. And they asked me some questions. The one was about open-air burning pits. Yep. I was in Vietnam in 68, 69, and we used to burn human waste yep. from the latrines? Yes, sir. Would that be, would that be considered open-air burning pit? Yes, sir. As long as your boots on the ground in Vietnam, you, in my knowledge is that the PACT Act is exactly designed for your for your life, Mr. Santiago. No, you're absolutely right, Greg. I would also recommend there's a burning pit registry that you can get on if you were to Google it in the VA. to put. I mean, I just did it myself. Um, so I would recommend you getting on the VA or talking to your provider and making sure that you're getting um, the benefits that you deserve. Okay, and I'd go to the VA registry? Yes, the burn pit registry. Correct. And you can always email me, jon.santiago at mass.gov, and we're happy to point you in the right direction. Also the VSO. Your your local VSO should be able to give you that information, too. Yeah, um, where would that be? Town Hall. Town yes. Hall. Yep. Rated rated Town Hall. I'm at a loss for the yeah. VSO's name of the uh, of the man or woman that's down in Pembroke. But you can just walk right in there and talk to him or her. And if you have a problem, you call us back here at the radio station, and we'll make sure we hook you up. No problem. Thank you very much. All righty. Thank you for your service, and uh, good luck. And uh, let us know how you make out. And hey, wel- welcome no. home, Richard. Yeah, that oh, was uh, Richard uh, from uh, Pembroke. Yeah, yeah from uh, had some ex- old experiences with yeah. burning s- stuff. Well, that's and that's why when that language went through, like I said, the Vietnam veterans, we we were the major push for that. Originally, the burn pits for the Desert Storm folks weren't included. They were just trying to include Vietnam only, and we made sure that the language included not only Vietnam but those who came after us, and that's that was important language to keep in there so that. You know, veterans like yourself, sir, uh, you know, other veterans would be able to not have to wait 30, 40 years to refile and hope something gets done so they can file right away. Well, we've been talking about the PACT Act for a while, sir. And what, what, do, you, what do you think of the PACT Act? Uh, it's fantastic. I think what's been able to do, I'm looking forward to, obviously, a lot of people are out there looking for more services. and But this is the expansion to get more folks services on these presumed conditions. I think it's a great thing. Um, and I'm excited to support and advocate. One strategic objective we're trying to do as an executive office at the state level is to really closely partner with the VA. I mean, let me tell you a stat, Greg. If you were to take our budget here, uh, what we have... How is the, the DVS? EOVS now. EOVS. EOVS. Executive Office of Veterans Service. Come on, Greg. Excuse me. I will write it on the backboard a hundred times. No, but if you were to take the 50-state... You know, EOVS is right. Yeah. If you were to add their budgets, it's three point three, three point four billion dollars. But the VA alone is one hundred fifty billion dollars. <laughs> so you know, as much as we do here, the VA does so much more, and they have these huge facilities. So it's important that we connect with them. And to that end, we're working closely with them. I'm visiting the facilities. I just became a patient myself to the VA. 
recently in the past couple of weeks. And how's that service been? Well, I, actually, the sign up wasn't too bad, actually. Yeah. And I'm going to be making an appointment soon to to go check it out. But I'm looking forward to it. But we're going to be working closely with them. Beautiful. Just uh, I'd like to mention this past uh, weekend. Uh, uh, we had a big veterans event in Quincy. Uh, thank you very much to the city of Quincy and oh, yeah. the hundred and something vendors we had. Uh, but the VA, uh, last year we set a record, and I think 11 folks signed up for the VA that had never been signed up be- before. This weekend was 34. Wow. Now, I don't know if it's if it's a sign of the times. Maybe they're having some financial hardships all of a sudden because of the times, maybe, uh, what do well, you... Well, I, I think a lot of them, I mean, I saw most, a lot of guys coming in. I think a lot of them are, were Vietnam vets, and now the PAC Act has opened up things that were, now they're being told, hey, you can apply. Maybe they were heard they couldn't apply. Now I think it's, hey, you can apply. And and while I've got this, I, I, I want to thank you especially, but we've been advocating for this position, which was always stuck down in health services. You know, we were like stepchilds. That's how we looked at it. You know, we weren't being taken serious as veterans. And I think now with this new position as as sitting in on the at the governor's level at the cabinet, I think it's going to make a huge uh, difference going forward. And I think our generation, maybe a veterans, is not going to see that full impact. But I know those who have come behind us are going to really see the difference that this secretary and secretaries after uh, will be able to do for veterans that hasn't been able to be done before. Because remember, they really never got a voice directly to the governor. It was always through someone else. And I think this is really important. And I think for veterans out there, um, they really should be watching this and understanding that now we have somebody, you know, in the game. You know, we don't have a sub, somebody going in for us. We have somebody sitting at that at, at the that, right at, at the right level with the level. right amount of stripes on their shoulder. Absolutely, that somebody's actually listening, yep. paying attention, and then you have a staff to kind of carry out the mission. Yeah. Not no. only do you know what you got, what what you want to do, what you need to do, but now you've got the staff maybe to carry out. And, and let me just add that Governor Healy and Lieutenant Governor Driscoll feel very passionate about veteran issues, very committed to it, have given us the resources that we need have tasked me with the, this important charge to, to support our veteran community. And as some may know, Kim is actually the, the daughter of a, of a Navy vet as well. So Maura Healy and Lute- uh, Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll feel very passionate about this. And they're leading the way, and I'm just happy to be a vessel a part of their, and, and being a part of their administration. It's good news for a lot of veterans out there that were wondering, does anybody really care? No, absolutely. Uh, you know, we care, I care. And to that point, Greg, I mean, this is a team game. We can't do this alone. We don't have the resources to do this. Um, we have to work alongside, whether it's the VSO, the nonprofits, the veteran communities out there. And we are committed to engaging and listening with you. I made a goal my first 100 days to visit all over the, co- to visit the Commonwealth. We visited all 14 counties wow. in 100 days. Nice. I went from Pittsfield <laughs> all the way to Nantucket. Whether American Legions, VFW halls, you name it, nonprofits, we want to work together, right? There's what's interesting. If you were to read the studies on veterans in Massachusetts, we do a pretty good job here with respect to services given out. The problem is, is there's just not a lot of talking. There's not a lot of communication, and the outreach could be better. So we're looking to to support that. And the American Legions, they're losing their grip. They're losing their popularity. They're losing chapters. Not the Legion per se, but so many of the VSO, Veteran Service Organization groups, they haven't closed their chapters simply because not enough membership. Well, it's a different veteran, though. We we, we talk about this all the time with the VFW. The the veterans coming home are not going to go down to the local hall and, and drink and sit and tell war stories. They just don't do that anymore. Everybody's on their phone. If you want to have a meeting... Hey, uh, we're all meeting at such and such place for an event, and so they're more event driven. I see it as, a, a, you know, where we, you know, the old VFWs and halls were the only thing in town. There was no really VSOs, and there was no right. social media, no, to, yeah. co- to communicate. Yeah. Uh, you went down to the bar room, right? And, and you had a couple, and you talked to your buddies, and see you found out the latest right. stuff. Yeah. And uh, 
Uh, you went home with yeah. a half a rapper. No, yeah, but you bring up a good point, Greg, that the veteran community in Massachusetts is changing demographically. Yeah. The numbers sure. are, are shrinking significantly. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, a decade ago, we had 400,000 plus. I was, that, and when I started, it was 490,000. Wow. So it's, you know, if you look at projections, I mean, we're talking about maybe less than 300,000 yes. in the next decade or so. So yeah. what does that mean in terms of prog- programs at the state level for the nonprofits there? And it's not just a number of veterans. It's a type of veteran as well. Women, the fastest growing group. Families. Diverse veterans. Families, yes. So a lot of stuff is happening. And, and who knows what happens in this crazy world, right? Um, you know, someone lights a fire somewhere. Next thing you know, there's another war. So, you know, we have to be vigilant. We have to be engaged. But we have to recognize that the veteran community is changing. And we want to be there to support them. Wow, wow, very, uh, very, very nice. And so, what do you, what do you think? I, uh, well, no, we can we can ask you this this, this question. Um, what what do you think is going to be the greatest challenge that that you have to face, or, or do you not even think you've met that challenge? Or you don't even know that challenge is. What's the challenge so far? Well, we have a long way to go. As I said, this is a startup. You know, hiring these new people, building that foundation, but it's also a turnaround. During COVID, during the height of COVID, there, there were tragic losses at both homes. Yeah, loss unfortunately. of trust. Loss of trust, employee burnout. Yeah. You know, over 100 soldiers died, right? So we have to rebuild trust in the community. We have to let the workers, the employees, the veterans, and their families know that we want to work with them, support them. My first two months in office, I was at Chelsea, you know, at least once a week. You know, I've been to Holyoke. I was there my first week. I've been there a number of times. I'm excited about what's happening at Chelsea. With respect to Holyoke, in my first month in office, or second month, we were able to, we were able to finally secure the federal money to rebuild a brand new home in Holyoke. That's what I, I was going to. We're I talking thought. about a half a billion dollar project, wow. Greg. Wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Congratulations. However, you got it. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, beg, borrow, or steal. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. We'll Excuse take it. Excuse me. May I have another? You know, there's a lot of work that went into wow. it. Not just my team, but the prior administration wow. as well. But did we it, did it, it seem like it needed it though? Oh, absolutely, oh. without question, without question. And it's a, it's a humongous. It's a, I mean, the project is going to be a dynamite facility when it's up. We're having a groundbreaking later in August. And so, you know, we're hitting the, you know, hitting the court running Beautiful. as fast as we can do to, to get this home up and, and serving our veterans community. And, 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 and will that be a state-run uh, yeah. uh, facility out there as Chelsea is state-run? Correct. Okay, so you, and your office overseas? And I will manage both. Uh-huh. Very nice, mm-hmm. very nice. Well, it, it's... I, I think it's well, very. You, they, they all have superintendents, right? But yeah. I will, you know, they'll report to me, and they'll be under my yeah. But, executive but, office. but you've already had experience in several of the management roles, so you you'll understand what's going on up there, and I think be able to relate to it pretty well. Right, right on the right, coming right out of the, the statin blocks. I think one of the reasons. Uh, that it didn't do so well out there is because it's so far away from Boston sometimes. And I, I know a lot of the veterans I talk to, Springfield and West, they kind of feel like they're left out because, you know, Boston takes care of Chelsea is the, the beacon, and then anything west of Springfield kind of gets, actually west of Worcester. A lot of the veterans out in the western part, we have four chapters out there. I think they sometimes feel like, well, we're not really part of, of what's going on. And I think this is going to be a boost for them to see that, you know, the commitment of $500 million to build a new facility, uh, which and, they're going to be able not to... not have to travel all the way absolutely. to Boston yeah. anymore for the sure. state-of-the-art, because I bet you're going to have some pretty fine doctors up there. It's going to be awesome. But I also want to say that, you know, the, the Healy-Driscoll administration is focused on making sure that folks all across the Commonwealth feel right. engaged. I mean, I, spent, I was just at the new... I think they opened up a new outreach center uh, in Ludlow just right. a couple of weeks ago. I was there. Like I said, I've been to Pittsfield, been to Springfield a number of times. We are engaged. We want to be focused in that area and parts of the Commonwealth that are not just in Boston, for sure. And so we're committed to making sure that all folks are engaged, a part of the solution, and are being heard. Very nice, very nice. Well, at that, Larry, why don't we take our second break here, if uh, you're able to twirl the buttons here and, and make it happen here. So we'll be back after these messages, folks. Welcome back, everybody. Greg Brasso, your 
your host of Veterans Voice Radio. Uh, uh, can you tell I've had no training in, at this <laughs> ever, ever, Mr. Santa? Never. Uh, the, 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 the joke was that the first night here, uh, not, not one of us had had one iota of radio training. And we still haven't had any. We're just kind of, you know, learn as we're going along here. Sounds like what I'm doing. I mean, you're doing a fantastic job, and I and I look forward to coming back here soon. Well, we have, we have a, there's a lot of good stories out there. You know, and that was the, the whole thing of us starting this this show was to, to talk about the good things that were happening. Um, I didn't realize that the VA had such a strong reputation here in, in New England. I don't know about the rest of the country, but here in New England, the VA and the Department of Veterans Services, we get zero calls of complaints. Here and we and the station is open and you know we've been doing this for ten years. Justin, have we ever got a no? And I, I think one of, one of the reasons you know I've traveled around the country and speaking with veterans, and I I've always said you know we are so blessed here in Massachusetts with the VSOs. I mean, when you go to Texas, you got to drive two three hours to a VA to speak to someone. Um, Montana, uh, you know, Colorado. I mean, when when I tell them, yeah, I just go down to my local town hall and my VSOs there if I have any questions. They just are amazed that that, that can happen. So no, you're absolutely right, and I think our job here is to make sure that folks are aware that they're a part of the solution. And I mean, I I am dead set on making sure that Massachusetts is the best state in the country when it comes to veteran services. That is my goal. And every day I wake up thinking, how can we honorably serve those who served us? And I tell you why. What this job is a bit different from my my prior job, whether it's as a state representative or as a physician or the number of things I've done, it's special in that there, there's this brotherhood, sisterhood of service. And I, and I saw that my first weekend in this, in this position, I was at a VFW event in Revere, and I was, given, I was making some remarks. It was my first week in office. I didn't know what the hell I was saying, right? But I get up there, and you can tell, just like the military community, I don't care where you're from, what your color is, where you, what your background is, uh, your religion, you're all, you all believe in America, you believe in supporting our veterans, and that was so unique in that moment that I felt, and that's something that has stayed with me uh, these past five months. Well, and that's something that we see every time we go to do another event, and one of the things that we were very happy to have, and unfortunately COVID kind of shot the air out of it, was one of our, um, our past co-hosts, uh, peer-to-peer counselor at uh, the Bedford VA uh, uh, Hospital, Chuck Delaney. Um, He was a firm believer of veterans' coffees. And at the height of just before COVID hit, he had 24 different sites across Massachusetts just blossoming out into New England of his coffees. And his coffees were about nothing. They were about having a cup of coffee and just sitting down, and being around some other vets. With 20 other vets. Maybe you talk, maybe you don't. You have a cup of coffee, you schmooze a little bit, and you're not so lonely all of a sudden. But but if, if there's anything that we could do to help to encourage more coffees, uh, if it's a little bit of, I mean, the coffee, it's only coffee. And, and, and it's worked so well over the, over our, over the last three years, if there's any way we could facilitate more coffees starting up, which, by the way, Karen Paulette and Lisa Potts from Marshfield have just started their own coffee once a week now at the, at the Senior Center. Last week they started. So everybody listening out there, folks, if you need some help starting it, it's not hard to do. We can we can give you the directions. We can have Wolfie give you the directions. It's that easy. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Hey, yeah, maybe, maybe not. We'll no, but there's that. some there's yeah. some real nice coffees going on. And, and what I liked about it, I went out to the one in Hull. I'll, I'll plug Hull because yeah. that's Wolfie's home. Yeah, uh, it's cross generation too. Uh, you know, I expected just to be all Vietnam veterans when I walked in, and there were some younger veterans there. There were some women veterans. So I think that's important. That it, it, it's it's just a time for veterans to get together, and. Uh, you may have a speaker come in just to do a 15-minute spiel, and that's the hook to get them there. And then you just sit, and uh, it's just a, 
it almost replaces the the VFWs and the um, the other organizations. In, in fact, I'll be at Braintree, I believe, next week. For oh, with Vinnie Fon- our good friend oh, Vinnie Fontaine. So I'll be there. You know, we had to do some scheduling, look into it, but I uh, was trying to make it for a while, but I'll be there they, I next think week, every I Friday they have a, a coffee in yeah. Braintree, if I'm not mistaken. And hot off the press, I'm sure you know, they got a school now. Great. Braintree has given them a school. Oh, wow. The, the old school, I think it's the Foster School, perhaps, if maybe I'm mistaken, but Vinny is all excited. He was at the event Saturday, gleaming, glowing. They gave him a school. That's fantastic. With a gym. Wow. wow. And, and wow. He's, uh, he's all excited and looking to really, you know, build that. It's the, I, I don't know what his plans are, but... Uh, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll ask you. You'll find out about it Nick, this week. Well, another reason to look forward to that visit. Yes, yeah. Uh, Vinny's been a he's a great guy. Been around. I've known Vinny since he was a part time VSO in Cohasset. Then he moved to Rockland, and now he's over in Braintree doing a hell of a job. And uh, he gets it. Hmm. He 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 gets it. And Vinny's not the fanciest, smoothest, whatever kind of guy. Sorry, Vinny. <laughs> but you know, you know and, and but I, he gets he, he he really understands. And, and I've said this before. Um, I think what you're also seeing now is a younger generation of veteran service officers. Um, you're seeing some of the towns, the, the older yeah. vet, VSOs have gone by. A lot of it because of the technology they can't use or they don't want to use. And now you're seeing this younger generation. And down in Westport, we've had the last three VSOs have been amazing. Uh, all desert desert storm or or uh, or, or after. Um, younger veterans who have come in and uh, really embraced it. Uh, so it's it's nice to see that. And, and let me just say, if you're a VSO out there, obviously you play an important role in this, and we want to partner with you. You know, We have visited all four regions thus far in our first 100 days in office. I made a point to do that. I think I've visited at least 75 VSOs representing over 100 communities already. Although they work for the municipality, it's important that we work together. And so how we can support you uh, and make you do your job to the best of your ability, because it's a team game, right? Sure. Well, one of the things that we had that, you know, that we'd, we'd be happy to support again is that I know Dave Hanka, you, you're familiar with Dave from the VA. Uh, we, we had small gatherings, almost like county by county, you, you know, of just the VSOs come together and we'd, and we'd have a couple of guest speakers in there, but COVID hit, and it all went away. So if you could look at maybe some sort of getting togethers again, Mr. Secretary, you know, because we've lost that. Mm-hmm. And and that's when I think we make a difference to the community as we get the vets out and get them back out there talking and learning about what they don't know yet. Yeah, now, obviously, COVID played... Uh disastrous role in a whole host of different issues. Uh, but particularly when it came to organizing, I think about the veterans' homelessness issue we have in Massachusetts. You know, over 10, 15 years ago, there was a big federal push to address this. And yeah. I think when they when they were working on this, they, they found about 12, 1,300 veterans that were homeless, did a fantastic job working with the public and private sector to address this with, uh, you know, certain COCs and organizations. Now, that kind of went by the wayside during covid and so my first couple of months in office, we've been focused on working with some of those important stakeholders to kind of reignite this and yeah. get this going again. I, there's a, a stand down coming up in the city of Boston pretty soon, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have the date in front of me, but the stand down, we used to have two days. Mm. We used to have people sleep over. Yeah. Uh, we'd feed them steak dinners on that on that night and have a big uh, a nanny almost. But I think that Massachusetts has done such a great job with the homeless situation. It's now down a, a half a day. And yeah, we're, we're about down. I was looking at the numbers recently. You know, we went from 12, 1,300, 10 years ago or so. We're about half of that right now. Still a ways to go. And, and obviously, it's a bit challenging because homelessness is oftentimes connected to mental health issues. Uh-huh. You know, and connected to substance use at times. Mental health. How big is a... I, I mean, we've probably done almost a third of our shows in the oh, yeah. last year on mental health, including my own. Mm. You know, I had a problem. I, I was, 
you know, we, we, we had some situations going on over here, and we lost two vets, Hingham vets, to suicide. Wow. And the same, and it was like, wow, boy, how did I miss them? They're mm. in the town next door, and I was beating myself up. Mm. You know, why didn't we reach these two 31-year-old kids? Mm. What, what do we need to do? Because, you know, if we could make a dent somewhere, if we could make a dent in the, in the suicide situation, because I'm a, we're afraid that the 22 a day, uh, closer to 30 or maybe 35 a day, but the numbers aren't accurately reported for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, what, what do you think about that, uh, about that situation? Listen, it's an issue I feel passionate about. As an emergency medicine doctor, there's not one shift I've worked where I haven't taken care of someone impacted by substance use and mental health issues. Uh, whether it's depression, anxiety, PTSD, you name it, schizophrenia. These are real issues. And the fact is, is that we're having a mental health crisis all over this country yeah. and in the state, irrespective of your veteran status. Yeah. Uh, veterans are more likely to be impacted by some of these things. So it's important that we think about this in a very broad and comprehensive manner. We just can't give a veteran a home to live in. We have to make sure that they have the support services, whether they be medical, mental health, economic support, so they can succeed. And that's what we're committed to doing at, at our um, shop in the UOVS. What a challenge. An incredible challenge, but it's one that's necessary, and they deserve it. I mean, we th- I think we just lost a veteran in the last couple of weeks in the Cape. Um, similar story, a young person um, dealing with some issues, and, and every time this happens, uh, you know, it's a disastrous loss for the community, for the families, obviously, and for the, and for the veteran. Yeah, I'm sorry that our, our one of our other co-hosts, Jenny, is in here tonight. Jenny is the director, the Plymouth County director of the Mass Coalition for Suicide hmm. Prevention, and she gives us a tremendous amount of insight on on the problems and the numbers and um, some of the things she's told us in confidence in the last couple of weeks. It's not very uplifting to hear what's going on within that suicide mental health world. Do you think we can make a dent? I'm committed to doing it. I've given my life to public service to address these issues, and but we can't do it alone. It needs to be a team effort, government, the private sector, the physicians, and everyone, right? The families. And in the outreach, absolutely. How about the families mm-hmm. to, to, to realize and pay attention? Friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody can help anybody. Uh, you don't have to be a clinician, doctor, to say, hey, are you feeling okay? Well, this is why those coffees are so important, yeah. right? Yes. It's about finding connection and, and finding value, not just in yourself, but in the community. Yeah. And that's why if folks are having coffees or folks are making connections, um, you know, that gives people hope. You know, and another one of the projects that we've, we've done here, we'd like to invite you to the next one, I think, is next or maybe a week from Thursday, right. the second Thursday of every month, we have a food giveaway here at the at the right right out here uh, on Enterprise Drive. Mm. We've given away almost two hundred thousand pounds of food in the last thirty months. Well, we have twenty volunteers that come here on a regular basis on that Thursday. We get a a, a trailer truck load of food delivered, and our our volunteers put bags of food together and boxes of food together. It started with just veterans, but we we, we kind of saw that the food insecurity problem was too great. Big problem. So now we've opened it up to anybody that wants to come up with an automobile. They let us know how many in their family. We fill up their car with food, and away they go. Now we're getting some Cadillacs coming in, picking up for their neighbors. Hmm. They can't get here. So that whole... You know, that whole, you know, volunteer camaraderie program, we get folks coming down from New Hampshire mm. just to give food away. And, and you know, it, it, we, we are saying is we don't know who smiles more, the people driving away with the food mm. or the people that just gave the food away. Because mm. it's really, a, it's, it feels good to do good. So we allow people, uh, you know, to be at their best here. Hmm. And we have veterans and non-veterans, uh, 
but the veterans community really is the heart of what we of 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 where where we're at here obviously so uh well, well, that's great. Well, well, thank you for what you do, uh, both of you in the veteran community. I know we've met before on Worcester, and and again, it's because of your leadership that I'm in a position to do what I can do today. The advocacy that folks have been pushing for uh, a veteran secretariat, right? And again, I don't plan on doing this alone. I can't do it alone. You know, we need to be it's, working it's together. It's a big job. Mm-hmm. It's a, but nice to give you the 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 um, assets. Absolutely. And, yeah. I, and again, again, and as a testament to Governor Healy and Lieutenant Governor Driscoll and their commitment to make sure our veteran community is being served. I mean, listen, when I've, I've, when I've met with them uh, about these issues, when I've talked about turning around certain things, they have been 110% committed to doing it, all on board. Secretary Santiago, John, what do you need to be successful at this job? How do we support our vets? Great. And they've Great. been fantastic. That's and that's why it's important that he sits at that that seat. Sure. Sure, and you have a, a, a real meaningful vote, huh? You, <laughs> well, I'm still learning the game here. You know, I've only been in for five months, but I can tell you that, you know, Beacon Hill and State House, it's, uh, it's an interesting environment, obviously, but I'm honored that I served for four years in the legislature. What do you, what do you think of the support that you get overall from Beacon Hill? It, listen, the chairs of both veteran communities, whether it's Senator John Vilas, who's a fantastic advocate. It's harder to find an advocate on Beacon Hill or across the state that is also veterans. I think he's a major in the Army as well, Afghanistan veteran, who is committed to supporting the community that he is. And on the House side, you have Jerry Cassidy, a good friend of mine, former colleague. I was just with him a couple of days ago, commemorating the 75th anniversary of the desegregation of the Army. We had a beautiful event with the governor, the Lieutenant Governor Driscoll, uh, and and a variety of different legislators to to show that it's important that we honor and treasure our diversity. Wow, it makes me feel good to to live here in Massachusetts, you, you know, and to and to have you here with with I mean, you could be doing I bet jobs that could provide two or three times the income. Well, oh, I don't know about mission. that. No, yeah. you're, you're it's, it's the guy. mission. I mean, I, I wouldn't do any other job. I mean, when Governor Healy asked me to take this job, I thought long and hard about it. There were some significant challenges, right, that needed to be fixed. But when I thought about my experience, not just as a veteran, but as a public servant, if I could give back, start this organization, turn, turn some of the things around that needed to be turned around, I would be happy with that. And it's important that we realize that as we build out this secretariat, we all we also set precedent, right? We're the first secretariat, the first to do this or that. So I take it very seriously. We've put together a tremendous staff with a certain level of urgency that we're working on uh, and to, to build uh, this foundation, and we're excited about it. And again, I'm telling folks that I'm committed to revamping our programs, transforming these homes. Again, we're groundbreaking on one next month. We're opening up the other one in a couple of months. Nice. So a lot of good things are coming. And, and I'm particularly excited about our partnership with the VA and as I engage with them more um, to work closely with what they're doing across the Commonwealth. Well, people don't even know that there's a VA and a DVS. Correct. It five years to find out the oh, difference. I think it's the same thing. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah and then yeah. there's the reserves. Yeah. And then there's a whole other barrel of yeah. fish that I don't know who's who anymore. Same here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's really... Uh, it, we're really fortunate here that we have a the huge federal VA program, but what a terrific state program we have! Absolutely, and it's but it's not just the the feds and us. It's also a, a collection of folks uh, in the nonprofit world volunteering their time, their resources. Like you just talked about, folks coming from New Hampshire to give food, and so I look at us in our office as a collaborator, a convener, right? I want to connect folks. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. A lot of great programs out there, some of them living in silos. I want to make sure that they are elevated, that folks know who's doing what, where, and how can we reach out to those folks? How how can we provide the support they need to be the best VSO, nonprofit that they could possibly be? Well, you offer a lot of training now to the VSOs that that wasn't done before. And we need to do more. Right, you know that's one thing that they've been asking for, and we need to think more innovatively about that. We need to offer more robust training, and we're committed to doing that. 
they're, they're such an important partner here, and we really need to rethink about how we're providing services, right? And I've met with them, and they provided some great feedback. And, and the VSOs now, uh, although they work for the state, are they trained in VA benefit programs as well? So th- they actually don't work for the state. They work for the municipality. And so if you're a municipality uh, that, uh, of a certain population, you should have a VSO. And, and mo- some small towns, you know, they might have a, a shared VSO. Um, and they're trained primarily in the benefits that we offer uh, in, at, at the state level. Now, there's a, some that have gotten their ability to, to, to get folks uh, VA benefits, but, you know, they usually kick them to us and we register folks. But we're looking, we're looking at all, a variety of things. I've said to folks internally, externally, we want EOVS, the Executive Office of Veteran Services, to be an innovative organization to try new things. We might make some, some mistakes. There might be some growing pains, and that's okay. People make mistakes. I make mistakes every day, and that's okay. Right? You learn by your mistakes. But you learn by your mistakes, as long as you learn from them. But that's what leadership is, is pushing the envelope, trying new things, and working alongside and building coalitions to do that, and trusting each other, right? And so I know there might be some you know, veterans out there or some VSOs out there that have had a, a bad run-in with EOVS or a provider or the VA, uh, but I'm asking them to, to come check us out again. Work with the VA. You know, it's funny. The VA might get a bad rap. Uh, you know, the hospital isn't giving the services they need. Yeah, I got some stories about the private health care industry. Uh, uh, that's right. That would rival any horror shows from the VA. Oh, I'll tell you this. You could look at studies, legit studies comparing the two, and the VA is outperforming them. Yeah. Right? Try to get a, I, I mean, a, 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 just a an appointment talking to civilians about their yeah. primary health care. Compass, Compass Medical closes. And and how many thousands of people are left st- stranded all of a sudden with no health insurance, nowhere to go, no no, no whatever. Uh, but the VA and yourself, you just keep on providing that barrel of benefits. Yeah. What do we got here? We got... Uh, you got a break? We got... Oh, we have to, we have to take one more break here. We get carried away here with uh, with the the future for Massachusetts veterans, but uh, take it away here, Larry. We'll be back at the, after these messages to finish uh, to finish our great night here with uh, Mr. John Santiago. Take it away, Larry. Here it is. Uh, Dave, Dave Henker was my first guest, and I was scared to death coming on the radio. No experience, never been, a, not just cold, cold the honor of the radio station, and he and he let us come on. And the night before, Dave calls me, says, Greg, I can't come in, my car broke down. Uh, no problem, Dave. Uh, what's your address? Uh, I'll come over and pick you up. And we, I went over, picked him up, uh, brought him here, had, a, had an interesting show. And brought him home, and uh, I, I, you know, it, it's just trial by fire. You know, once you go through that, every, everything else is. Well, well, you play. I mean, both of you play an important role in this, because, you know, again, me just being a nerd out there, a physician looking at the studies out there across the different states, a number of states offer some great benefits. The problem is, is that people just don't know they oh, exist. No. And so, what does that mean? That means that we have to do a better job at outreach, right? So I'm looking at our budget. Outreach, you know. there's no, there's no marketing dollars. Right. That's my point. That's, for that's outreach. how the program began. Yeah, I've yeah. been yelling for years. Yeah. You need some outreach marketing dollars. That that. So I was just reviewing our budget, literally the last month or so, and thinking like, well, there's no outreach <laughs> budget here. How do we make that happen? And so we're looking at that right now. Actually, how do we get? How do we get to folks? Right. Because sometimes in the veteran community, as you both know very well, you really have to go get them. You have to, you know, go find them. And it's not enough just to put out a, a random tweet or a Facebook message. You really have to be aggressive in your in your marketing. And We're your already marketing. planning next year's show. There you go. In, in, in July. You know, and years ago, Plymouth High School opened its big brand new school, big gymnasium. 
Dave Henker brought all the VA troops down there. We had food for 500. We had you know, 50 employer tables. We had band. We had all this whenever. And I think they had 13 veterans that showed up in five hours. Wow. Because it was a career show. But that's not enough. You need... And, and I'll, I'll say <laughs> what we did over the weekend with careers, benefits, health care, employment, education. So you have all of those subjects. It's bound to attract somebody's got to have one interest out there mm-hmm. or one need that they didn't know that they could go and find out. And since then, we've done the festivals like we've had over the weekend. And I would offer to throw all of our organizational skills together and our experiences. Maybe we need to have these in each county across the state next year and the year after. Not just one in Quincy, and there's not another one like it in the state. Well, let's have more of them. Uh, you know? Yeah. Let's let's. let's <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, For those uh, listening, we just shook on it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. considered uh, official. Well, we, we, we have cameras. Oh, we got cameras uh, there both too. ways, yeah, kid. Uh, we, we've been taping you, so here we go. But uh, no, that it, it would be great. Uh, we've already been asked to do another one in the South Shore area. I mean, Quincy is Quincy is nice, but one down in Marshfield, Duxbury area. But we need to do one in Westport. We need to do one on Cape Cod. We need to do one in Pittsfield, you know, and out at those areas. So, I mean, we've had some experience doing these. So if we can throw this experience out there, you know, whatever whatever we can do here at the Veterans Voice with the communication skills and the radio stations here, we'd, 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 we'd love to be part of the solution. Well, consider it done, and I, I'm happy to, more than happy to partner with the both of you to to get this done. I mean, I feel the passion, I love the energy, and the commitment is without question. Ten, and, ten years, ten years, Doc. And when we are of the same tribe and of the same belief that our veterans deserve the very best, and, and we're committed to working together to make sure uh, that they're getting it. Well, I thank you very much for coming down. Unfortunately, the clock on the wall is telling us that uh, we have to move on. But uh, I'd be remiss if I wouldn't remind everybody about 988. If you're feeling a little bit down, if you feel like you want to talk to somebody, 988, there's somebody there willing and able to talk to you, trained to talk to you. So please, remember those numbers, 988. Thank you very much, Mr. Santiago. We look forward to having you on. Corey, thanks so much for... uh, Escorting down uh, through uh, through the through the uh, through the the rain that we had, and uh, Justin, thanks a lot for coming up from uh, Westport. Thanks so much for your help last week oh, with the. Uh, it's a pleasure. With, with, hey, with we'll talk about festival. it next week. We get, we'll the whole show be on next week, and, yeah, and all of next week there we'll we be go. talking about it. So uh, once again, Mr. Santiago, thank you and welcome aboard, and uh, let us know whatever we can do. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Out of here.